You're listening to Permission to Shine, the podcast. Stories of overcoming obstacles and finding self-empowerment with Sharice Bisram, Inner Power Activation Leader. The Oxford Dictionary describes permission as the action of officially allowing someone to do a particular thing, consent, authorization. What if you were that someone and you gave yourself the permission to be everything you wanted to be and more? No more playing small and accepting less than. You are worthy of the life of your dreams, regardless of what it is that you've been through. And honestly, it's exactly what you've been through that has shaped you into the version of yourself that you are now. Like a diamond, you've endured so much, but instead of breaking, you've become stronger and brighter. And if that's not a reason to shine, then I don't know what is. And if nature can do it, then why the hell can't you? You are brave, you are strong, you are powerful and you are enough. Hear my call and give yourself the permission to shine because you don't realise how many people are inspired by your light. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 35. You have got me today and I thought with the Christmas period coming up, I mean you might not be listening to this obviously in the right timings which doesn't matter at all but obviously when the festive period comes up we tend to I say tend to, we often sometimes um, get into bits of conflict sometimes, you know, when it comes to maybe family meetings or, you know, friends or anything like that. And I think obviously a a big part of that is um, the pressure of Christmas itself. But also I think um, just lots of personalities meshing together. I think sometimes, you know, especially with family, they might not necessarily be the people that you choose to be around. And more often than not, they have different points of views and perspectives. And I think, um, yeah, that's that can be quite difficult for a lot of people, especially if you are naturally more introverted and then you're forced in these situations where you have to be extroverted. I get that that can be very difficult and hard for a lot of people. So I just kind of wanted to give you in this episode just some kind of tools and tips about you know, navigating conflict, um, owning your power and feeling confident enough to just set boundaries, you know, in that space, but equally to kind of give you the tools to just have a good argument, you know? And I feel like by that, I don't mean to go in with the intention of having an argument, but just to give you enough tools that if you did come into an argument, you would be able to handle that situation with grace and um, yeah, just respect for yourself and for the other person as well. Because I think ultimately that's really what having an argument slash debate is really about. It's, um, I guess, it you know, at its core level, for me, I feel like the only reason I want to get into an argument with someone is to find common ground at the end of it. I don't want to be arguing for the sake of it. You know, there's sayings that you can't argue with stupid. And it's not saying that the other person's stupid. It's just saying that if someone isn't going to open up to your perspective as well, there's no point having a, a conversation about that. And I've learned that the hard way many a times in my life, let me tell you. But more so now, on the other side of my healing journey, you know, feeling that I'm, you know, a full person, that there's no element of, you know, before I guess I healed and all those things, I was kind of in lack quite a lot. And I feel like I would try to argue my way out of situations in a way to defend myself. Whereas now, 
I don't need to defend myself or my honor because whatever anyone else thinks about me is actually their problem and not mine. And I do say that quite a lot, but I kind of wanted to kind of pull that a little bit more apart for you, especially because, as I said, this time of year especially is high tension, but you'll find that wherever you go, right? We're humans, we've all got our personal opinions and our biases that we're just projecting out onto everyone. And I think that is really something that I've learned like I said, in this healing space is that not everyone wants to hear your opinion for one and two, not everyone wants your advice. And I, I've spoken again about this quite a lot because I think, um, I think, I guess for me, if I speak about myself, I've always felt like I've known a lot about a lot of things. So um, kind of a bit of a jack of all trades really. And I think, cause I've done like lots of different jobs and, you know, lived in lots of different environments and things like that, that prior to healing, I just was a little bit arrogant, really. And I, I'm okay. And I'm happy to admit that. And um, I think it's because, you know, going through so much in my life at a young age, I would meet women in their like 50s and 60s that hadn't gone through what I'd gone through. So that was kind of like an ego boost for me, really. And I think, you know, as you all know, that I'm like double Leo, so Leo Rise and, and Leo Sun all of that is like power, right? And Leos love to have power, especially undeveloped Leos, which I was, you know. And um, yeah, I just kind of sat on my throne a little bit of of power and knowledge and just kind of felt like I was, yeah, like more wise than most people, which actually, you know what, it kind of is true to some degree if we're looking at that from a perspective of you know the wealth of knowledge I've accumulated in terms of my lived experience and you know the fact that some of these people I've met have never been through what I've been through so I've navigated my way out of that but equally there shouldn't be a hierarchy right we should never be looking at a situation thinking I'm better than you for that and that's something that I I really did and um, I guess it kind of gave me that validation you know I speak about um, especially in a blog that I've done recently about martyrdom and I felt like martyrdom for me was um, a way of me, I guess, owning and feeling empowered by the fact that I would sacrifice myself for others, you know. And I think um, martyrdom, for anyone that doesn't know what that is as well, because I've said it a few times now, it's it's that kind of Mother Teresa type of energy where you will sacrifice your time and energy to support your family, your friends, whoever needs you, basically. So say, for example, you get a phone call in the middle of the night from one of your best friends that's drunk and she's got no way of getting home. And you're like, oh, I'll come and get you. Don't worry, I'll come and get you. Like that was me. I was that person. Right. And it was only when um, I started to implement my boundaries and things like that and obviously do this work that I realized how much I was doing it. And I guess, you know, a massive part of it for me was, as well was because there wasn't other people especially my family that could step up and do that role so then what happened was I was just taking the role of being that protector and the provider and then when I realized that it was at my own detriment because I was sacrificing one myself my own energy but two by helping everyone so much I was actually 
not allowing them to learn for themselves. And that was a massive revelation. And I think, you know, if you are a mum listening to this as well, we we have this like protective energy within side of us. And this is quite funny about me because I feel like a lot of my tendencies have been super masculine, but equally feminine. So it's, it's I guess it's polarity of everything, right? And, you know, we could pull that apart a million times over as I've done before. But um yeah, I think if you are a mum in this situation, you know, and you want to put kids first, which is absolutely necessary and important, but it can't be at the sacrifice of yourself. So a great example of this is maybe that um, there's a party and uh, say your child's had a club and they've got to go straight to the party, but you're, you've got plans and you had the plans before the party was arranged. I know a lot of mums would be like, right, I'm not going then. I've got to take my kid there. But actually, there might be a leeway here where you could speak to one of the other mums that are going to the party too, and they might be able to take your child to the party, and then you get to go out and someone else picks your child up, or you get back in time to pick your child up. Like, you know, and we don't always think like that because we're thinking about sacrificing ourselves for the betterment of others. But actually, yeah that's martyrdom that's probably a bad example to be honest but at least you kind of get it from that overview and obviously I use the example of um you know being a mother and a caregiver because naturally most women are in that situation right but equally you know I know a lot of men that um would do that too you know so that was just the example off the top of my head um but yeah basically what I'm talking about there is the fact that we will feel less than so when we feel less than in a situation for example you know like I said being validated by all of these things when those things are taken away from you or you're not doing those things you don't feel as worthy of having the ownership of the power in that situation and I think this is really it so I talk a lot about what validates you so if we think about that for example like I felt validated by being wise and by being um a martyr when that got taken away from me as in I guess the wisdom thing didn't really get ever taken away from me but when I I guess moved to uni the first time round, and that was the first time that I wasn't of value to my family because I was so far removed from them and I guess it wasn't that far but you know like emotionally it was um I started to feel really broken and and it was really difficult because I didn't know who I was without being that person that was there for everyone all the time and you know like that that first year of my uni like being away from my family that was a year after my dad had passed away and I hadn't grieved at that point up until then so for me I, I really feel like that detachment from that family cord gave me the space to really you know purge and that's really what happened in that time I fully fully purged that was probably one of the lowest points I've had in my life because I was left to deal with my emotions and um yeah it was hard but I think in that I guess if I look at that now from an outside perspective I feel like I could have really utilized that time and found autonomy uh within like my family within who I was but what I chose to do instead was lean more into martyrdom so I didn't learn anything else in that space because I ended up just going harder to protect and provide and all all of the things for my family at a distance and I ended up actually moving home and then doing the commute instead which was more detrimental to my health and well-being but equally I wasn't happy where I was staying so I guess you know really in that kind of this side note piece is that 
we attract what we are and what we think we're worthy of. So in that space, I just didn't feel good either way. You know, however I dressed it up, I just felt less than. But I guess the toxic masculinity in me there kind of kept me pushing forward and, you know, kept me going with that degree because I could have pulled out any moment and I didn't because um, I guess at the time my saying was I'm not a quitter. Now, I will quit if I want to. And um, I think that that's a real power piece as well, because I think we have this ideal, as I did back then, that quitting was, um, you know, if you quit, you let people down or and all these things. But actually, if you're quitting because it doesn't serve you, you're then putting yourself first. So, yeah, that was a bit of a digression off of what I want to talk about. But I guess it's that ownership of our power, which ties into why getting into rows and arguments tend to happen because I've always been a super passionate person. It's in every cell of my being, you know, it's why I'm doing what I'm doing now because otherwise I wasn't passionate about it. I mean, I'm bloody point. But um, I think that was also one of the things I used to get into arguments with my family about as well, because I guess for them, they, th- they thought I couldn't see reason because I was so passionate about it. You know, like when I wanted to be a dancer and, you know, I'd have those conversations that like they'd say to me, when are you going to get a real job? When are you going to do this? And I, it would all be relentless, you know, <laughs> literally all the time. They'd be saying to me every time I saw them, oh, well, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And it was exhausting. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I don't know because I'm going to be dancing forever. That's what I thought. I was going to be Martha Graham. 72 years old doing Pilates you know that's literally what I kind of thought um and I said Pilates for those non-dancers because actually Martha Graham is the pioneer of modern dance and it's quite a long-winded thing to explain to you what the movement is like but it's kind of like Pilates if if we're going to make it very vague there but um yeah so I guess okay this makes sense now because I'm pulling in all of the the kind of elements to make this make sense as to why um I'd get into rows and arguments with people and why it would kind of feel a bit like a losing battle at that time because when we're arguing in a space of defending ourselves we're giving our power away to the other person if you are defending your honor you're having to defend your honor that other person holds your power because you are giving it to them, right? If you know your worth, who you are, what you bring to the table, if you know all of that stuff, you don't care. Now, that's a really big statement, I know, but I remember hearing that as well, like a couple of years ago and thinking, oh, no, not me. I don't want anyone to think that of me or but it's not to be for you to be offended about is for you to understand that no matter what you do in this life people are going to make decisions and opinions about you that is everything to do with them and nothing to do with you and what I realized for myself is that especially my family no one had really ever followed their passion so it didn't make sense so really they weren't attacking me they just didn't understand And that's okay, but they were projecting their insecurity of the fact that they could never do something that I was doing. And instead of them having the articulation and vocabulary to say, you're very brave for going after what you want, I could never do that myself. They would just try to pull me away from what it was I was doing. 
like I wasn't having a hard enough time trying to navigate my way through life with trauma and, you know, follow my passion and fit the criteria of a dance and all these things, you know, like, like I didn't have enough to think about that, that that was the case. But this is the thing about life, right? We're all going about our own lives in our own way, navigating the best we can with what we know. So if we can know more, isn't that better, Right. If, if we can know more and understand more about ourselves and about people in general, I feel like that is the game changing moment. And this is why that part is so important that when you understand that everyone is just projecting their own insecurities and their own opinions onto you, you do not have to accept them. I, I refuse to. And I had a really groundbreaking moment, you know, with my sister. And we talk openly about this now. So I know she won't mind me sharing, but my whole life I've worked really hard. So I've just been very dedicated to being the best version of myself, you know, for, for years. And as I said, even in that toxic phase of my life, that, that was a real acceleration to get me through everything because I wanted to prove myself. And this is why survival mode is you know, a blessing and a curse, because the blessing was the fact that it was, you know, that drive to keep me going. The curse was the fact that it was depleting every part of my soul, being everything. But it was necessary to get me to here, because I wouldn't be here if I didn't have that drive. And um, because of that drive and determination, I had like this kind of shiny, shiny thing syndrome, you know, where I was jumping to the next thing. What do I want next? What do I want to do next? You know, and my sister didn't have that. And I think it was because um, she didn't stick at anything, which is very common as well, you know, with um, trauma responses where you either go one or two ways. I mean, there's multiple ways, by the way. But, you know, for me, the dancing kept me in a routine. And I've said this to you before, that our brain needs processes and regulation, whereas when you don't have that, it does... Um, it just it just creates a mess in your mind and it's just like a void of of like things debris you know if you think about hoarders and all of the things they've got in their houses it's it's the same connection exactly the same and you know we say tidy space tidy mind exactly the same thing whereas my sister had no processes so she had no way to navigate kind of what she wanted to do and how she wanted to do it and my sister is naturally really good at everything and she now says that I'm really good at everything and I'm like I'm really good at everything because I've worked hard for it I was like you're naturally really good at everything and you haven't utilized it whereas she is doing it now which I'm really proud of her you know she's she's doing amazing and that's why it's really we're in a comfortable space for me to talk about this but um yeah because she never stuck at anything she didn't have that she didn't have that thing to talk about or to share with people you know so she kind of always resented me for the fact that I was doing more and um throughout our whole life our whole childhood she would have a go at me about it she would be like you you because you're doing this you're making me look like I'm rubbish or you're making me look like I'm not good enough or and I'd feel really bad about it I'd be like oh my gosh like, I'm so sorry like I, that's not my intention you know I'm just doing this for me I would never want you to feel like that. And again, throughout this time, I'm sacrificing like time and energy to support, to be there, to, you know, to take her where she needs to go, to like emotionally support her through the breakups and the things like that with the boyfriends that she would have. And, and I think, um, yeah, I, I guess she didn't see in that time that she was projecting her insecurities of her feeling inadequate onto me. And for me... I didn't see that it wasn't my problem. 
And that's a cold response, but an honest answer. Because actually, I'd say, I think it was last year. And my sister's gone through so much in her life. You know, I've said before, she's repeated the patterns we've had in our childhood. And she will speak about this. And I will get her on at some point when she's in, you know, a really happy space to talk about everything. But um, I, I literally said to her, I think maybe it was this year, actually. It might have been the beginning of this year. And she did the same thing to me again. She was like, it's all right for you because you did this, this and this. Now, she's watched me claw my way out of the darkness into these spaces over and over again. You know, work so hard. No one can say anything was given to me. Not one single person, especially not my sister, who's been there by my side through all of it. And um, yeah, she said it to me one day and I was really calm with her, really calm with her. And then I literally just literally looked at her straight in the face. I went, do not project your insecurities of inadequateness onto me. It's not my fault that you didn't utilize your um, full capacity and who you are as a person. If you are feeling like my light is casting a shadow onto you, that is your own problem because I've tried to shine my light onto you to ignite your light throughout my whole life. It's your fault that it's dimmed. And she literally just stopped everything that she was doing and saying. And she just sat there for a moment in complete silence and went, you're right. And that was it. We've not had that argument ever since. And I think, you know, that might seem like it's not a big deal, but for, you know, considering me and my sister have grown up like twins. So for the last like 30 years, um, obviously, because when we're two, we're not actually communicating like that. For the last 30 years, we've had this conversation and debate, you know, forever, maybe not 30 years, maybe it's probably about 28 really. Um, yeah, we've we've just gone through this circle round and round again. But I think that owning of my power prevented us having another big row, a big escalation, a massive ordeal, because I just got to the root of it instantly. And I'm going to kind of give you some tools now that are going to help you through that for yourself. So often when we get into arguments with people, we kind of circulate this shame and blame spiral, right? I should say it's blame and shame. So what happens is, say, person A blames person B for something. Person B then blames person A for something. And ultimately it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth and ends in both people just feeling shame because, you know, whether they believe the thing that someone else is saying about them or it just leaves them feeling depleted either way there's shame there you know there's that element of feeling like oh maybe I am that person or you know when you've been in an argument for a long time it's just draining isn't it now a great way to get to the bottom of any argument instantly like I'm talking like two seconds and it's done is accountability and responsibility so instead of the shame and blame cycle happening, you take accountability. So say, for example, I'm person B. Person A has said to me, you've made me feel like this, rah, rah, rah. I would then say, I'm so sorry I've made you feel like that. And or if I'm not sorry, I'd say, okay, you feel that way. This is what I know I've done. So I'm taking accountability for my actions there. If that's led you to feeling upset, I'm really sorry about that. 
but equally this is how I feel like about the situation that you are in now and I want you to understand that this is why I feel like this about this situation so what you're doing there is owning a part that you know you've played in that it doesn't mean accepting what they said doesn't mean apologizing if you don't feel that way absolutely not but equally for me personally now this is a personal note I my intention is never to make someone feel upset so if they feel upset I'm sorry they feel upset right doesn't mean I've caused it doesn't mean it's my problem it's just I'm sad that you're upset I'm sorry you're upset right regardless whoever it is it's like being upset is not the greatest thing in the world it's not a nice feeling but equally it's part of human experience and we need to purge out emotions some way it's healthy um which is the same about crying you know crying is like a detox of the body so let your emotions purge out through crying I'm an advocate of that because I didn't cry for like you know 20 years in front of anyone so I can say that with a full heart and a full chest so in that space of you then you know taking accountability you know if you want to apologize for the fact they feel upset do it if you don't you do not have to you can just say look you know, this is what I know I've done in this situation. And I want you to know that I'm fully aware of that. I'm upset because of this part. And then you can just say, you know, you've taken accountability as in me, you know, in this person, in this argument or whatever. But you can say, but equally, I feel like you've done this. Now, when you're reasoning with someone, you know, and you're making them kind of I guess you're taking accountability and responsibility in turn that will be mirrored back to you if you are having a conversation with someone that is grounded and level-headed now if they're not grounded and level-headed you need to come back to this at another time because you cannot argue with heightened emotions you just can't now if someone's upset as in emotional and crying they need to get to a space when they're stopped where they stop crying so you can just say look I really do want to have this conversation with you but right now you're so emotionally charged let's just have five minutes let's come back you know maybe you even offer to make a cup of tea for them if you want to again you don't have to or you find another time but either way for me personally I do feel like disagreements and arguments are important and I know a lot of people will say that they're not and you can walk away and like not deal with it but I personally feel like it does need to be dealt with at some point in time now if you do choose to have this conversation later you might find that all of the emotions taken out of it and it ends up just being a chat which is great but if you are at Christmas dinner or you know a party or gathering or something where everyone is present it is going to make it easier if you just smooth the air then and there because then you're not carrying it on and also what happens is no offense to anyone else in the situation but they do stir the pot they can't help it you know it's a human thing we just say yeah I remember when they did that to me or yeah I think that of that person and it becomes a whole debate and actually if you were just able to pull that person aside and say I'm so sorry that you feel like that you know if you want to apologize again I can't help it I just say sorry because I love it um but if you we just want to say look I understand you feel like that or I'm struggling to understand why you feel like that it's just about being transparent and I think taking the emotions out of it and just seeing it as what it is makes a whole lot of difference because this is the thing we overcomplicate things with our emotions you know when we're feeling um angry or sad or 
you know, confused. All of these emotions actually kind of taint what we actually really want from the outcome. And I think I said this at the beginning, but ultimately the only reason I get into an argument with someone is because I want harmony on the other side of it. If I didn't want harmony with that other person, like if, if I didn't want to be friends with that person again or wanted to see that person ever again, I would not be having that row or argument. I would just literally be like, okay, that's it. You know, like if you go to a party and say you ended up getting into a row with someone's friend or someone's boyfriend or whatever it is, if I know that I'm not going to see that person again, I just won't entertain it. I'll be like, they can think what they want. And that's it, you know. And holding that space for me is a massive corner because I would argue with people for fun. I, I actually have a black belt in arguing. I'm not going to lie to you. Now, this is very ego of me, but equally it's right. Um, Again, from all of these years of arguments and stuff, I feel like for me, when I get into an angry argument and I'm really, really riled up, that's when I become the most articulate because everything just flows. I feel like the universe wants me to transcend this energy through. It doesn't, by the way. That's just pure ego. That's pure Leo energy. Um, but I, for some reason, I guess when I was younger, I felt so empowered by it because I felt like, again, that was a way for me to hold the space and actually take power from other people, which isn't great, you know. And I would never be... I've never been a bully, never will I ever be. But equally, if, if the argument came to me, I would end it. I still have that same notion now. I will end a row, but it's very different. You know, instead of me having to feel anger for it, which sometimes I do, I have road rage. I'm not going to lie about that. It's, again, it's a human response. And I think in that space of um, when you're driving, you're not being... Um, fully present you know you're kind of allowing the monkey brain to take over you know your emotional responses or whatever and it's not um your logical mind which is absolutely okay because we're human and this is the thing right you're going to get into debates and arguments with people one when you've had a drink two when emotions are heightened and three when you're overstimulated you know so when we take Christmas into example there is so much of that right we're just so much around so many different people all the time it's overwhelming, we're overwhelmed, we're burnt out. You know, there's so many contributing factors as to why you would end up in an argument with someone. So, yeah, I just want you to know that that's probably one of the main reasons why. And if it means that you've got to pull yourself to aside for a moment and just have five minutes, do it. But I have rambled on now. I've kind of gone round the houses about this, but I feel like it's important to give examples because... I don't want this to ever be a lecture, this podcast, you know, it's conversational. It's about, you know, my obstacles that I've overcome to find self-empowerment. And that's why I feel like it's important that I share these little bits with you. So I hope you hope you've appreciated them. Um, I mean, if you haven't, I apologize. Um, but, you know, such is life. But ultimately, I guess it all comes down to, you know, what I said there, that formula. If we can replace the shame and blame with the accountability and responsibility and reason you know? And I feel like responsibility and reasoning in these conversations, like in arguments, really are the same thing. Because I think, um, you know, you're giving someone the reason as to why you're upset or angry. And then you are sort of reaching an olive branch out for them to take responsibility for what they've done. And again, if they don't want to take that responsibility for anything they've done, it's not worth having that argument. And it's just about saying, okay, you either agree to disagree, if it's something you can agree to disagree on. Like, I don't ever want that to be 
uh, just a way that we do things now because I've heard it so many times in the last few months and I feel like there's just certain things that that's not okay with right and that's especially when it comes to morals that's when it becomes down to um I'd guess even say like debates on ethnicity and um culture for example you know if you're having a conversation with someone about their culture you can't agree to disagree on that if that's someone else's lived experience I just want to make that very clear because I know a lot of the time we only know what we know right but if someone is telling you something and they're from that place of origin you have to believe what they're saying and if you don't you have to then educate yourself on it and I want to make that very clear because they're like I said, there's only certain things that really works with agreeing to disagree. It could be the fact that um, you said something to offend a friend, for example, and actually you said it in a very calm manner, but they took it the wrong way. Um, the argument could be that you said this thing to offend them and that they're upset that you offended them, but you know that you didn't mean anything by it. And actually how you said it wasn't in a, in a bad way and they've taken it that way that actually you could then agree to disagree on the fact that the way it landed because equally you both know that you love each other and there was no malice intended and actually you just will both be more mindful about having that conversation in the future and or things around that topic that's a nice harmony of using that way and I think um again on that offense is only ever taken never given unless obviously you're going out the way to your way to offend someone generally if someone's offended by what you've said about them that is their problem you know within reason because I one of my main things I think I've said this before is that a lot of the time when I'd get into arguments with people they would say to me it's not what you're saying it's how you're saying it so it's my delivery so I guess because I am quite direct and assertive obviously that at times did come across as aggressive and I think um I actually did think that at the time as well, which is quite funny now in my unhealed space thinking, well, I didn't say that to offend you, you took offence. But actually, if I'm saying to someone, oh, I told you not to go back with him, why did you go back with him for? I mean, that is an argumentative time, right? Now, I've kind of developed the art of only giving advice when it's asked, um, which for one, saves me a lot of time and energy because again, when you're, and this is what's hard, I guess I've always been this pillar of advice for everyone, even if I haven't lived through the experience that they want, you know, especially when it comes to like dating lots of different guys all the time, you know, that's never been my experience, but equally I know people and I just personally know myself and my morals. So I'm not going to put myself in situations that I don't agree with. So for example, if you, I guess as, as girls, especially, but all boys this falls into as well you know when you're dating someone a friend of yours is dating someone and they get cheated on for example you know and they want to know whether to go back for that person or whatever now for me I'm so loyal to a core that that that's just not in my reality like I just personally feel like I would be feel betrayed that just wouldn't be something that I personally would go back to now if my friend wanted to do that completely on them but if it happens again I have nothing to say and nothing, not one thing. I won't even have that conversation with them. I'll just change the subject because I love my friends, but equally I don't stand for that behavior. And, I, and you know, in the past I would sit in the room with that ex-boyfriend or the boyfriend at the time and be civil, but I can't even do that now. And um, 
that's just my choice because I just don't I'm very specific about who I spend my time with where my energy goes and um the conversations I have and actually I have a lot of friends that I've had to let go of because of those situations because they'll accept less than over and over again and you know they'll come to me because they want my support they want my advice and support and um and then not take it and I'm like you know what if you want my advice now you have to pay for it and I know that that's a bit of an arrogant thing to say but also I'm not in this field and space doing this as my career helping these people and women and and everyone that needs my guidance and support I'm not giving them my time and energy um for them not to take it that you know when you pay for a service that's exactly what you get and you take it and you value it whereas I guess from friends I guess they just feel like oh it was um especially those friends I've had to let go of, you know, they see the world very differently to how I do now. And that's okay, because I've evolved so much. So, you know, the people in my life have evolved either with me or away from me. And there's no malice intended with any of that. But, you know, all of this navigating conflict, having arguments, having difficult conversations, again, is everything that I've just been doing all the time. And that's why it's really important that I share this with you at this time as well, because, as I said, everything's high end. You're going to be in a state where a place where you're in energies of, of people maybe that you don't normally spend a lot of time with, especially work dudes and functions like that. So yeah, if you are in a situation right now where um you know you need to have an argument or a row or a conversation with someone, the first thing you need to do is just take a deep breath, ground yourself into the present moment. Just really sink in, feel your feet in the ground, you know. You can feel your clothes, your fingers, just smell what's around you, breathe in, breathe it out, and then just think about rationally what you're going to say. Even if that person's in front of you, while they're they're talking in your face, whatever it is, just have a deep breath. And then listen to what they're saying, because this is another thing. We always, we we listen to respond and not to truly listen. And I think that's something that as as a culture, we, we could be better at. And it's something that I'm really working on and I have been working on for the last year or so and I feel like I'm getting really good at it but equally I'm human I'm going to make mistakes so I just thought I'd give that as a side note listen to what that person is saying to you because there might be one little thing that they say in there that is right you know and a lot of it could be wrong but there might be that one thing that you can say you know what I yeah I did do that and I take full accountability for that and if you are sorry for doing that thing say it you know I don't put sorry on a pedestal I don't and I don't think you should be an apologetic person as in apologizing for who you are and like how you come around. But if I know that my actions have made someone feel a type of way, I will apologize for that because that's who I am. I won't apologize for um, being bold. I won't apologize for um, taking up space, but I, I will apologize if, if, if something I've said, you know, or my actions have made someone feel upset I will apologize for that regardless as I said previously and then you you just relay what you feel you know you can say look I take accountability for that part but and I hear what you're saying I hear that you're upset about this I hear that that's happened there but truly I feel like this has happened with us here and, you know, what would you like the outcome to be as well for both of you? You know, if, if each person knows what the outcome they is that they want in this situation, that is going to make a world of difference. Because as I said, 
I only go into arguments with people where I want harmony as an outcome. So have that in mind. You know, I really, really, truly have that in mind. Like, even if you say that from the beginning, look, I really want harmony from this situation. I really want, you know, you don't even have to use that word if it's not your word. You know, I really want peace. I really want us to find a way to make this work. You know, those kinds of end results, if you start with that as well, the other person instantly isn't on the back foot. They're not feeling attacked. They're feeling like, okay, I know that you're getting into this because you want us to sort it out. Bottom line, you know, people just want to feel seen, heard and understood. That is it. If you can give someone that in an argument, instantly the fire inside of them diminishes because they're like, oh, this doesn't need to be a row. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be a row. But we're human. Emotions heighten us. Alcohol heightens us. Um, you know, the festive period, you know, parties whatever it is overstimulation all of those things will heighten how you feel and it's okay to be a little bit angry sometimes it's okay to be upset it's okay to be sad it's okay to be all of those things and I just think if we can take accountability for our actions in everything that we do then we know that if someone is shaming or blaming us in a situation you don't have to accept it and as I said if, if you are arguing with someone that doesn't see eye to eye with you and isn't trying to find a common ground you can just literally take your power back out of that situation and say, it's a shame that you feel that way. I don't feel that way. I don't feel like we're going to find a common ground here. So I'm going to go now. And I want you to, I want this to be very clear that communication really is key in all of these areas. So please don't just walk off without an explanation. You can, don't get me wrong, you can, but I feel like that left, leaves things unsaid for both parties. I think if that person knows that you feel like you can't get any, any way to them, um, any like through to them, then they're not going to carry it on. Because I promise you, if you walk away from that person, they'll just blow up your phone. Or, you know, people will be walking over to you saying, oh, well, you need to go and talk to that person. You didn't speak to them. Why didn't you? It just ends up being a massive debate. Now, if that's how you roll, you know, completely own that for you. Absolutely. But I feel like the most rational way to deal with this is to say that right now I can't have this conversation with you or I don't think we're ever going to see eye to eye on this so I'm just going to you know walk away from this now that is literally taking your power back out to yourself and letting them deal with it themselves because most of the time people argue with themselves aren't they you know in those situations when someone's so wound up and you're not that's where where that situation is but equally as I said there's so many contributing factors to this. I feel like I've gone a bit around the houses today, but I hope it all makes sense because I feel like everything I've mentioned was hopefully to give you the imagery for you to see kind of where that sits in your life and that how people work. And obviously my examples of where it's been in my life too, but this shouldn't be something we're scared of. It's part of the human experience. You know, we have conversations all the time, every single day. I think when we over, like as in when we put them on a pedestal, because we're scared of them or we don't want to have them that's when it becomes more painful and scary but actually if we take away that heightened sense of emotion as I said and just see it as a conversation that's where we find that common ground and that balance and that flow because yeah I feel like I've found flow in arguments because I've had them so many times whether that was toxic at the time yes whereas now I feel like um even if I do get into a disagreement or an altercation I'm just very much the same, you know, in terms of like, I don't tend to get overly angry about it now. And if if you do, by the way, it just means you care. So, you know, if, if you can feel that emotion riling up inside of you, you know, just like I said, take a breath, take a moment, ground in and then come back to it. 
because you are human you're allowed to feel feel your feelings and all the things but I'm wishing you lots of love for this festive period and you know if you are in a situation where you need more help and support on this please do reach out because you know this is everything I do and I think ultimately in everything we do in our lives you know whether it's you know you want better relationships whether you want um more confidence or you want to stop being a people pleaser you want better boundaries all of these things come down to how you feel about yourself your self-worth having self-respect self-compassion all of these things and it does take time to build but ultimately before you build on those things to get them and to make them as strong as they can possibly be you really have to dive inwards and find out what the blocks have been that've been holding you back for so long and that really is all my work you know it's it's you know unpacking everything that no longer serves us you know old beliefs trauma all of the things that've been holding us back and from that space there we can build these strong solid foundations into the most empowered version of yourself you deserve to be because we all deserve that and from that place of empowerment that's where really everything flourishes and um yeah you stop attracting like the low vibrational situations and arguments don't get me wrong they'll come around but when they do you're no longer threatened by them or scared of them because actually you own your power fully so um yes I'm gonna leave it there today I'm sending you so much love and light and um yeah it's all human it's all part of the experience but I hope that yeah just understanding that you know taking accountability responsibility and reason helps you navigate through any conflict that you find in the coming days weeks months years forever lots of love